0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe.
1: Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Believe in Nuggets. Today we are recording on the evening of the official announcement that Nikola Jokic has been named the 2022 NBA MVP. We kind of saw this coming because if you were following the awards tracker at all, you know, uh, there was quite the discrepancy between Jokic and Uh, Joel Embiid or Giannis. But besides that, uh, it is now officially official. So we are going to be breaking down what this means, where this puts him with his legacy, all that kind of jazz. But before we get into that, I am joined by my co-host, as always, Gage Bridgeford. How are you doing today, man?
0: I'm doing well. I'm glad to see that Jokic has officially been named the MVP. We no longer have to hear the oh, is he going to win two in a row? Is Embiid going to get it? We don't have to hear about how Adam Silver went to the game or whatever because he's going to present Embiid with the award because Nikola Jokic just won it and now we can move on and just celebrate the fact that he won minus the fact that everybody continues to make the argument, oh, he shouldn't have won it. Embiid deserves it.
1: Yeah. I mean, we all can now just be like, hey, man, the Nuggets have had a back-to-back MVP. That is a thing that wasn't Able to be said before, and it is, it's kind of cemented him as the best nugget of all time. I don't think it's been up for debate for like a few seasons now, but as far as like Melo had his share of supporters, Alex English had his, and both were absolutely phenomenal players, but neither of them have reached the heights that uh, Nikola Jokic has, and it has cemented him locally. And nationally, because I believe he was the 14th ever to the 14th player to ever win back-to-back MVPs, and only like the third this this century, I think, or no, the fourth, something like that. Because he had Steve Nash, he had LeBron, he had Giannis, and he had Jokic, and I don't think I'm forgetting somebody. I might be.
0: You're but. not. Uh, that is that is the list.
1: Yeah. So. With that being said, he has put himself in the conversation of all time greats. And he was already part of a very exclusive club, but now he's part of an even exclusiver club. So. Actually, with... I
0: lied. I lied. You missed one. You missed Steph Curry. And Tim Duncan actually also won. Oh,
1: well, yeah. Yep, uh... Tim Duncan
0: won back to back 0203. Steve Nash 0506. LeBron 0910. And then also again in 12 and 13. Curry 1516. Giannis 1920. So there was a couple
1: there. Well, I'm just going to say brain stupid and uh, pretend I got that. So, uh, yeah, he six players, uh, he's going to be the seventh. And that is still a very exclusive club that he and only a few other players are a part of. And it will be talked about probably for years to come when he retires. He will have that on his resume and he was already going to be a Hall of Famer before that, but I don't know any back-to-back MVPs that aren't Hall of Famers. I hardly know of a single MVP who's not a Hall of Famer. So, you know, it he has really just shown his greatness, and he's getting his flowers.
0: Yeah, just uh, doing a quick search through here of back-to-back MVPs, and there's not a single player that has ever won back-to-back MVPs that is not in the Hall of Fame. That is So that is just, that is fact. That is, so you're right. Jokic was already on a course for a enshrinement in the Basketball Hall of Fame, and then now he's more or less cemented it. I mean, I personally think that he was already there because he was already doing things that the NBA had never seen. Gestures in the direction of his two thousand one thousand, uh, 1,000, what was it, 2,000, club, right?
1: Yeah, that yeah. was, that was the stat.
0: So, He's already doing things that the NBA has never seen. He is well deserving of every single bit of praise and then some because there are still people for everybody that tips the cap to Jokic and admits that he's the MVP, he won it, and says, yes, Jokic is a great player. There are still 30 other, like, there's still 30 people to that one person that say he didn't deserve it and B deserved it, or Giannis, or whoever. Even Embiid today, in when he and when he more or less conceded and was complimenting Jokic, wasn't all that complimentary. He's like, "Yeah, he he based, basically said that the only reason he lost is because the NBA or the media that voted on the award liked the narrative for Jokic better than they liked Embiid." So i I understand the Embiid aspect where he's frustrated, and so that's why he's not going to just be super excited to be like, yep, yeah, great, awesome. But, I mean, we saw Jokic at All-Star Weekend when he wasn't even, he wasn't the favorite to win it, was saying, hey, as long as the big wins it, I don't really care who wins. He was actively, he would have been happy for whoever won it, no matter who won. And I think that that's, that's something I love to see in the MVP, the and just, I love to see that in the franchise superstar that I root for, because, Jokic, I legitimately know, just he wants to see other people succeed. He doesn't really have beef with anybody. He is here to just – he's just here to play basketball have and have fun doing it. And so I would rather – so I'm glad to see him get rewarded for his efforts on the court and then people to get to see the kind of person that he is.
1: Yeah, I think that – I mean, it's a very – the – off the courtness of Jokic, where he just kind of is a guy. Like, there's nothing much more to it. He's just a guy, and I think that in a league of big faces, big voices, uh, you know, very marketable kind of people, it's it's a nice breath of fresh air. Nothing against the people who have you know the bigger voices or whatever, but I think it's refreshing to have kind of just a guy there who is not invested in the drama, not doing it for show, just going out there to, you know, have fun, do do what he does best and just kind of play basketball. I think it's nice to see someone someone doing that and I think that yeah.
0: Yeah, I I mean I don't really have much else to add. I do love that the Nuggets went to Serbia to give Jokic the award if you guys haven't seen it yet. It's all over Nugget's social media and everywhere else that you want to look for it because it's just, it's peak Jokic where some guys might be celebrating in a club, some guys might be like going on huge lavish lavish vacations, some guys might be going to Cabo or wherever else they want to go. Jokic is back home in Serbia with with his horses and a Uh, shadow of a horse behind him so that's so that's it's just it's hilarious to see because it's just so what he who he is as a person like he's seven foot tall doing his uh, racing his horses and accepting MVP awards and it's just it's everything that he is and it's everything that you want to root for it's the reason why Giannis is also a guy that people love to root for because he's they're just, they're true to who the true to themselves and true to who they are. And there's nothing else that matters at the end of the day for like, for a guy, he shows up, does his job. Like Faku was out there, the whole, t- like a lot of the team flew out to him to reward him. So that's, that's ultimately all that matters at the end of the day is for Jokic here. And what do you say we move on to our next segment?
1: Yeah. Our next segment will be talking about the cap holds that the Nuggets hold this season, which uh, are basically expiring deals or deals that Denver uh, has had on the books, and they're expiring. It's kind of just dibs for like being able to get them. They uh, cap holds determine bird rights, um, how much a team could play, could pay someone, and renouncing cap holds doesn't give. Uh, Team's more cap space. Cap holds aren't held against them either. And, uh, you know, nothing like that. It's just kind of jot it down. These guys can do this for said player. And the cap holds that the Nuggets have this offseason are uh, Bryn Forbes, Faku Compazzo, Vlaco Chanchar, Marcus Howard, uh, DeMarcus Cousins, Austin Rivers, and Devon Reed. As well as uh, Troy Daniels and Richard Jefferson, who are very important for the agents to bring back for Denver. But uh, getting on to the other uh, ones, we'll start from just the top of the list with uh, Bryn Forbes. Gage, what do you think the Nuggets strategy should be surrounding Bryn Forbes this offseason, if if there is any strategy to be had?
0: I ultimately think they're just going to release his cap hold. I don't see a world where he comes back, especially not at the cat figure that he's currently at, which is five point four million. I just think that he was more or less not completely out of the rotation in the playoffs, but pretty close to it. He doesn't play a ton of defense. I think that he is, if Denver is gonna go undergo somewhat of a identity shift this offseason and put a little more focus on the defensive end of the floor, I don't think Forbes is going to fit in that role. I also think that you have Bones Highland who can do a lot of the things that Forbes does. I like Bones is listed as a point guard, but with Monte Morris and Bones sharing the backcourt as the primary guards off the bench, Bones will do a lot of what Forbes already does. And so I think that he becomes rather redundant and he becomes your third guard. And I think that there are other third guards that I would rather have over Forbes at this stage just because I don't think he's going to be able to be on the floor with the way the team is likely going to change this off season.
1: I agree. I don't really think he should have been playing much in the, in the warrior series as is, especially if, you know, next season they're healthy and they go undergo roster changes that we think they will, the nuggets roster and system will be a little different. And I don't think there will be much room for him in that formula. With Jamal Murray coming back, there will be, you know, Jamal Murray and whoever the starting two guard is, whether that's a Will Barton or they make a move for somebody. And then Monte Morris and Bones Highland are all like firmly ahead of him. I just don't see, you know, a a place for him. And especially even if he was in the rotation, Rin Forbes is a guy whose skill set you kind of have to get shots up like from him. To get value out of him, and Denver isn't gonna run offense through Bryn Forbes. I don't think he particularly impressed during his time here, and I wasn't for the trade when it happened, and in retrospect, I still am not, but you know, I think Bryn Forbes's time in Denver will be coming to a close. The next one on that list is Faku Campazo. I think, uh I'll 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 start on this one. I think that Faku had his moments in Denver. I think he had I think he had ups and and downs in Denver. I don't think he was particularly good uh this last season. His first season in Denver, he was a fine backup point guard, I think for most of the season. This season though, Teams figured him out. They figured out, oh, yeah, we can just leave him open. And they were basically playing four and five with him on offense, and he was too small to do anything on defense. He did not provide much value in any areas, really, because to take advantage of his sort of playmaking, he has to be able to create pressure on offense and no defender was paying attention to him even the people assigned to guarding him would help off of him to you know stifle Jokic to help off uh, him and guard other people so i don't see the nuggets bringing him back because there's just not much point
0: yeah i don't have much to add people know my thoughts and opinions on faku i am not the biggest fan that has not changed i still have no problem with denver letting him go this off season I think that his moment in Denver, the highs were high and they were fun, but I don't think he's a player that can give you winning minutes for a championship contending team. If you are relying on Faku for consistent minutes in a game, in the playoffs, I think that you are at a severe disadvantage for the reasons you mentioned. I think he is not tall enough. I think he doesn't have a ton of athleticism to make up for that. Um, And I think that you can get Better contributions from other guys that might be available in free agency or at the end of the draft or something like that than you're getting from Faku at this stage of time.
1: Yep. And then next on that list is Vlako Chanchar, who is fine. He's like a serviceable, you know, bench guy, like a uh, bench guy in the sense that he will be a bench warmer until injuries come around until, you know, unforeseen events happen. And then I think he's a guy who you can bring in for like three games to play, you know, 10 minute stretches or so. And I think he's fine in that role. He also is good friends with Jokic and keeping your superstars happy is very important. So I wouldn't be opposed to Denver bringing him back. I wouldn't particularly care if they let him go, but as a 13th, 14th man on a roster, Vladko is far from the the worst you can get.
0: Yeah, I've made my opinion known on Blodco and other uh on other podcasts and other forums, but I I've, I've never been very like overly impressed by him. I th- I've said before that I think the lone reason to bring him back is if Jokic wants him back because at the end of the day, Jokic is the straw. Like he is, he's is the straw that stirs the entire drink. There's and there's no question about it. There's no oh, what if about this guy? No, it's Jokic. And if Jokic wants him back, I'm okay with bringing him back because he'll be cheap to bring back, and he will be at the end of the bench. I just, but I think that in terms of if he's a guy that you're planning on counting on for minutes, I think that there are much better options out there. But as I said, if Jokic wants him back, you bring him back. But that's. That's about it for me. I just, I've never been overly impressed with anything he brings on the floor. Um, it doesn't help that he's been injured and out of the rotation several different times since I've started paying attention to Denver and started really paying attention to Vlaco since he's on been on the team. But again, if Jokic wants him, bring him back. I'm not going to complain about it.
1: Yeah. I think that he's just kind of a dude who you could bring in on a, on a vet minimum, but moving on, we have Marcus Howard who was on a two-way contract. And do you want to start with this one?
0: Uh, Sure. I'll start on this one. Uh, Marcus Howard falls into a similar vein of play as Bryn Forbes. I think that there are better options that you can get here. I think that Marcus has been around the team long enough that he that we know what he is. We know how he fits into the system. And again, I think that he plays a kind of a redundant role. He's going to be your third guard and at, for less than $2 million. Yeah. He's not the worst third guard you can have. But again, I think that he's still, who would you, who do you think is better? Bryn Forbes or Marcus Howard?
1: Probably Bryn Forbes, just cause he's, you know, like bigger, bigger. Yeah. Cause Marcus Howard is like 5'10", 5'11". Bryn Forbes is like a six two, six three, I think. And even though that's not like a massive height discrepancy, you know, even a couple inches matter in the NBA. And he, Bryn Forbes, is a more re- reliable shooter, I think, than Marcus as well. He, I think he's more consistent.
0: Yeah, so that's kind. Of, I mean, that's kind of where it comes down to for me. Like, if I'm going to keep, if I'm going to say, I don't want to keep Bryn Forbes as my third as my third string guard. I don't want to keep Marcus Howard because I think that Bryn Forbes is better at this stage. Even if he's a little older, a little more expensive, I would rather keep Bryn over Marcus. And if I don't want to keep Bryn Forbes, then it doesn't make a ton of sense for me to keep Marcus Howard. I just i I think he's a guy that likes to put up his shot, doesn't always take the best shot selection. But then again, I get that he's re- usually only in there in garbage time. He's not a guy that you're counting on. And at the end of the day, you're not going to be able to fill out your entire bench like all 15 guys aren't going to be rotation level players. That's just an unreasonable ask. So so I can kind of con- I can concede that aspect of it, but I'm also I think that there are guys that can go this off season because the team is going to go through a culture shift and a identity change, I think, and I think Marcus Howard is more of the old regime, the old identity than he is part of the
1: Yeah, I agree. I think that he's someone who I don't really th- Denver had much point of bringing in in the first place I think two-way contracts should be utilized uh, on guys that like fill roles that Denver could actually use like PJ Dozier started in Denver on a two-way contract Torrey Craig started on a two-way contract Shaq Harrison uh, was on a two-way contract and none of those players uh, PJ is by far the best or not by far but he's the best of those players but all of them filled a a niche a niche uh, a a niche uh that Denver needed and you know that was perimeter defense and i think devon reed is someone who is how the nuggets should continue to use their two-way spots i think marcus howard was fun when his shots were dropping but he never really got an opportunity to shine in denver and for good reason because defensively I mean, he was a five, 10 guard and offensively, he didn't have much playmaking to him. He didn't have good shot selection, you know, all the, all the things you can say about shot, shot, chucking kind of guards you can say about Marcus Howard. So I don't think that there will be any residual like, ah, man, uh, about letting him go. So the next player on that list is DeMarcus Cousins. And I think boogie is maybe the most interesting free agent that Denver has this off season, because there are a lot of things he brought to the table for Denver, but a lot of that could just be that he was a a true five. Like he was not a particularly good finisher. He was not a particularly good defender and he did fine on defense, considering his physical limitations, considering all the injuries he's been through, considering his mobility, but he also has all those things. And that's not exactly something that is useful to Denver, especially with, you know, a need for interior defense when you're not playing with Jokic, Uh, when Jokic is in the game and out of the game, the Nuggets just don't have good vertical rim protection. And that is something that I would want from a, a backup five. I would want more of a rim running, shot blocking sort of center who you can put in the pick and roll and have like as a lob threat or have blocking shots on the other end. But there are things that Boogie brought that were good. Like he was a good passer. He had a gravitas to him on offense where teams paid attention to him and he was able to create his own opportunities out of post-ups a lot. And he was a good screen setter, but also I think a lot of the things that are said about him is like, oh, you know, they played similar to Jokic without him. And that is true to a certain extent. But I think with a backup five, you almost want to bring a, a different look than Jokic. You want someone who is an athlete who can jump, you know, uh, those sorts of things. But I think I think it's interesting both ways. I think you could make an argument for bringing him back. I think you could make an argument for letting him go. Where do you what side of the argument do you lay on?
0: So I kind of fall more on the side of bringing him back from the standpoint. Uh, One major thing will obviously be cost. If he wants more money than he's worth, or er, let me rephrase that. If he wants more money than the Nuggets are willing to give him, which should just be a minimal amount of money, there are other bigs out there. There's always centers that are available that you can go find that are cheap. But here's the thing I like about DeMarcus Cousins, and it's kind of something you kind of knocked on there was – they played similar to when they had Jokic out there. That's not the worst thing because having an offensive center, we I know we've seen the offense when Mason Plumlee was out there. Mason Plumlee was considered the athletic rim running big. Problem was, he wasn't a great defender. Like he was just it was just that he was tall and mildly athletic, but he wasn't even overly athletic. He wasn't the center that was going to sky around and just make you not want to go anywhere near the rim. So that's kind of why I don't hate the idea of bringing DeMarcus back because when he's on the floor, he gives you another player that you can run the offense through, and it's not just guard dominated. You can go through DeMarcus and have him set up everybody else because and it, because I when I was doing my Film Friday piece last week for Denver Stiffs, there was a specific play where Jokic is off the floor, and I was searching for specifically plays with him off the floor and DeMarcus on because I wanted to see how the offense looked with him on the floor and there was a play it was basically the starter it was i believe austin rivers monte morris uh cousins aaron gordon and i think maybe devon reed was in the corner i'm not 100 sure but morris brings the ball up cousins cuts towards the rim and takes the whole defense with it like he brings three defenders all towards him and as soon as that happens aaron gordon then has a lane that le- and he leaks right behind Cousins passes the ball to him. Gordon gets an easy dunk. And it's just one of those where having a center that can do something other than just catch lobs creates that easy bucket. And I think personally, I think that Denver is a good fit for DeMarcus the person because Mike Malone knows how to handle him and knows how to work with him. And I think that he, I think he enjoys working with him and if but the problem is I think DeMarcus won't want to come back or at least won't want to come back for a price that Denver can afford so if he wants to come back for a cheap deal I'm all for bringing him back because I think that he is a great second string uh center and if you have to give Jokic a night off like let's say you have another one of those stretches where they played like four games in five days Cousins is a good center that you can put in as a spot starter and you can get by with that but that's about the only situation. Like I said, it all comes down to cost with a team that's as expensive as Denver is. You have to find ways to save money. And if cousins wants too much money, he's a sacrifice. I'm willing to make.
1: Yeah. I think there are a lot of pros to playing like a, a Jokic light sort of center off the bench. Not that, Demarcus is nearly as good as Jokic or anything, but they played a similar style as you mentioned. And there were a lot of possessions like the one you were mentioning where he would pull in attention. And I, I think there's a value to that. And with him, it's it's interesting because he was he seemed to be a good presence in Denver with, you know, I think he brought vet kind of swagger to the locker room. I think he brought, you know, just a lot of stuff to the table but also you do have to look at health concerns at all that sort of things and is that something you really want to accommodate as a backup center i personally don't know like these are decisions for tim connelly to make but i if i had to lean one direction i would probably lean towards like bringing him back on a on a cheap deal if he's willing to do that like you said and then also bring in like a third center who is like a rim runner and a athlete more than, you know, like a skilled player and someone who you can give another look to and if DeMarcus needed rest or got injured then you could still have a backup center option instead of playing like a power forward at center but i think he is probably the free agent with the most to t- like a discussion about him that Denver has and i think it'll be interesting to see what they do with him so the next one is going to be austin rivers and i think austin rivers is a pretty straightforward case for me personally i think that he should be brought back on you know it'll be a small deal i don't think he is someone who will demand a large contract. Like DeMarcus Cousins, I think, in his time in Denver, showed that he might be worth to some other teams uh, a mid-level or something close to that. And I don't think Austin Rivers will have that sort of market, even though I think he might be deserving of that. I think his point of attack defense is something that Denver needs, and they're going to need for cheap. And he's someone who wants to be in Denver. He's someone who is liked in the locker room. He's someone who is liked by the fans. Like, there's not been a bad word said about Austin Rivers, the dude, since he's been in Denver. And I think that is someone who you want to bring back on what is not likely to be a big deal because. You know, he wants to be here and he fills needs that Denver has that other players on the roster don't currently fill of point of attack defense, of screen navigation, of all that kind of stuff. And it's something with him where he was really good in the playoffs. And if he didn't get hurt in game five, maybe that series gets pushed to game six. But, you know, we'll we'll never know. And what are your thoughts on Austin Rivers?
0: Yeah, I have a lot of the same ideas about him. I know we talked about him a little bit uh, in the last uh, last week's episode. I think Austin Rivers is a guy that wants to be there. I think he brings the identity to the team that I want the team to shift to this offseason, and I hope that Tim Connolly and Michael Malone – I know Michael Malone wants the team to shift to be more defensive-minded. He's always wanted the team to be that way. It's never been a secret It's the way that he tries to coach the team. It's just he's never had the roster to be able to do that. So I think that you have a guy in Rivers who, if you can convince him, hey, here's going to be your role. You're going to come back. Your job is going to be to come off the bench and just harass whatever lead guard we put you on. And that's going to be your job. And as long as he's willing to come back and do that and maybe dial back the offense and let some of the other guys off the bench, such as Morris and Highland, do that, I'm all for having him back because in addition to the role that he plays, I love the person. That you have a person who has openly stated that they want to be in Denver. He likes to be there. That doesn't happen often. We talked about it before that Denver has never been the biggest free agent destination, so when you have somebody that wants to be there and can contribute to winning basketball, as you said, if he doesn't get hurt in game 5, there's a possibility that they win it and extend the series. So if rivers wants to be back i am all for having him back
1: and the last uh person that denver has a cap hold that we'll be touching on today is devon reed devon reed is someone who was brought in on a two-way contract after peter conley was conley was waived and he immediately impressed he was someone who early on got in his uh, stint in denver was put on LeBron James in one of the games and had a good showing against him. And then he was in and out of the rotation for periods of the regular season for the rest of the regular season. And ultimately was not signed to a full contract. So he was not eligible to play in the playoffs, even though I think he would have been very helpful in that setting and should have been brought back, but that's neither here nor there. And, he is someone who Tim Conley has stated he wants back, who is probably just going to be brought back on a cheap deal. And I think that that is something that the Nuggets should prioritize as much as a, you know, a lesser role player can be prioritized. I think Devon Reed f- f- uh, fills that quota. Uh, he provides good defense, good length, good size, uh, as far as the wing goes, he is a good shooter. He is kind of what Denver needs from like a, a glue guy off the bench, and he's someone I would not mind seeing back on a full deal, not a two-way. I would like to see him back on a full roster spot and have a chance at a consistent
0: rotation spot. Devon Reed is the only player on this list that I have no questions about bringing back i have no and i think that he's the only player on the list that i have i don't really care about the cost to bring him back either i think devon reed is a player that denver should have played more this season straight straight up and flat out there they don't he is a three-point shooting wing with good length that plays defense he is what literally every single team wants to have it's what every single team tries to build around it's the reason why Wings with length are constantly drafted highly and given opportunity after opportunity after opportunity to succeed because they don't make guys that can do the things that Reed does. Can Reed create his own shot? Not particularly, but guess what? You play alongside Nikola Jokic. You don't really have to. It's your job to spot up, shoot, and then dunk basketballs on cuts. That's all you got to do. Reed can do that. I want Devon Reed back. uh, And I think that Denver should, be aggressive in going out and making sure that he is back in a nugget uniform next season.
1: I agree. This is a very pro Devon Reed podcast on both of our fronts. And with all that being said, uh, that will be the end of today's episode. We will be back next week with uh, more off season content. If there's any nuggets news, we will be talking about that next week. Uh, As for me engage thank you for listening Uh, download the episode rate like whatever your platform provides do it it's very appreciated on both of our ends you can find both of our work at com and on our twitter his is uh g richard nfl did i get it right this week
0: you nailed it this week sir congratulations big win to you
1: Hell yeah. And you can find me at NBA. We have been Believe in Nuggets. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll catch you on the flip side.
0: Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.